Go. Well, maybe it's like Casey says. Fella ain't got a soul of his own, just a little piece of a big soul. The one big soul that belongs to everybody. Then... Then what, Doc? Then it don't matter. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy. I'll be there. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand it, though. Me neither, Ma, but just something I've been thinking about. You're listening to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. From sports to gardening, from good food with close friends, to great music and movies. Provided by your hosts, Cody Stoffer, the reluctant Gen Xer, and Craig Morton, the token baby boomer. These guys are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but they will be entirely by accident. Good. Profundities may occur entirely by accident. <laughs> well, and even then, only on every third episode or so. That's right. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> You'll be very blue if you hold your breath. But <laughs> it takes to be blue around the collar. I like that intro. It's good. So I'm the reluctant baby boomer, Craig Morton. I'm, wait, you're the token baby boomer. I'm the reluctant. Oh, yeah, you're the relu- okay, I still am a reluctant baby boomer, though I am a token <laughs> one as well. <laughs> yes, I'm, oh, I'm the a reluctant Gen Xer slash millennial, zenial, zenial, whatever. Yeah, it's hard to know which generation you represent. Mm-hmm. You're that. You're in that uh, strange spot. Yep, I'm in that fuzzy middle, which is fine. Yeah. That's kind of where I always have been. And I am. I am philosophically opposed to being a baby boomer. It's just an accident of birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I was thinking about this the other day. I was um, thinking about how much I enjoy, you know, coaching teenagers and hanging out with them, and that I really like conversations with with college students that I know. Um, most of them are athletes, but, but, you know, I just really, you know, relate well to these folks and then, you know, younger families in their thirties. And it's like, that's, that's, that's what I want to be my people, not all these old people my age. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I stopped and realized, I kind of thought, where did that come from? My folks, when they were in there, well, it's after they retired. So they were in the late sixties. 70 around there uh, they were the leaders for their church's young adult group and so my, my folks always connected with people who were you know uh, a couple of generations younger mm-hmm. but maybe that's one of those things I picked up from my folks 
Yep. Pass down. I can't stand people my own age. That's what it means. <laughs> Let's examine what that really means. Maybe it's your fear of impending death. It could be. Um, my mom would say, well, those people are age. They're just a bunch of old fogies. <laughs> Now, that reminds me of something that's in the news I, uh, I saw like in the last uh, couple of days about this guy from maybe Denmark or something, but he lives here in uh, America now and he um, is filing to be recognized as 49 even though he's 69 <laughs> because he feels 49 and not 69. <laughs> he wants to legally be a recognized as 49. So then what if he has a really, really bad day? You know, like, like last year I had the flu. I was sick for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, I felt like I was a couple of months old and an infant and I couldn't do anything for myself. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like I was past 120 and you know, couldn't remember. Well, You'd have to change it as you go. I mean, some right, days I feel 40, some days I feel 90. It's all adjustable. Well, okay, so there's some people, like he is not unknown in Denmark. Apparently he's like a uh, provocateur type. Like, uh, I wouldn't say like Howard Stern, but I, you know, like along those lines, like always right. trying to be in the news for some crazy stuff. Um, he might even have ran like for a election over there on something and he had oh he, he even had like a danish reality show type thing you know that that kind of stuff and so there's some people that think he's just doing it obviously for that part of that but also that he might be against transgender you know identification stuff and so he's doing it as a like well if they can do that then i feel 49 so yeah <laughs> You know, as you described this character, he sounded a little bit more like somebody who might choose to run for president someday because they had a reality show, a little bit of a provocateur. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Fortunately, we have nobody like that. No, that would never happen. Not. That would never happen in this country. The electorate is much too wise. <laughs> we are, I, uh, I listen to this podcast, Everything is Alive. I think I told you about this. Oh, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you've, have you listened to it? I've listened to a few of them, yeah. Okay, so you've listened to the lamppost one, right? Maybe. Yes. Maybe the, at the very end of it, it's like an outtake. So it's not, you know, they don't even, it's just something to tack on on the end. But the guy, the host, is explaining to Maeve the lamppost democracy because she's, she lives in England. Right. He's like, well, now, wait a minute. Okay, so you're telling me that the people get together and they get to choose their king. <laughs> Right. And the guy's like, ah, well, yeah, more or less. And she's like, and she starts laughing and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, that's terrible. That's a terrible idea. And he's like, yeah, it does have its flaws. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, so, so far I've listened to the elevator, the bar of soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pillow. The pillow was good. Air post. Canicola. Yeah, so I'm, I'm behind by a few. Yeah. But they're good. I love that podcast. They are very good. <laughs> and apparently, they, 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 move. Claim, they yeah. claim that they're completely improv. But I don't... I mean, there's obviously there's there's structure because, you know, right. who the character is and that kind of stuff. And then later, they add in an interview with an actual person 
that yes. yeah they reference yeah. something and they find an expert that backs up the reference or something so right it, but what's wonderful is they go from this innocuous thing can of soda a bar of soap and it moves into this real life connection some kind of story or narrative that's happened somewhere yep and then it moves into an existential level oh it gets deep it's like, and it goes so fast. Yep. It's yeah. around like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we take, we take 90 minutes before we get deep. And sometimes even then. It may not even ever happen. <laughs> so. Yeah. So those are a couple of things I've uh, noticed in the news. What else? What else? What else? Oh, I don't know. Nothing really else happened this week that I know nope. of. Nah, no. Nope. Nothing major. Nothing that I'd really want to talk about at least. <laughs> um, well, what did happen this week? Uh, elections. Other than the big... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, what else? Oh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg broke three yeah, ribs. Yeah, she broke three ribs. Uh, yeah, that wasn't good. No, that's... Was a little bit of a fear went through, oh, I believe, yeah. a lot of my friends on Facebook. It's like, oh, no, RGB's in the hospital. It's like, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, Alyssa Milano said something like on her Twitter, she said, um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you can have all three of my ribs, my my blood, my this, my that, and my husband on Thursdays, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, no no president, regardless of party, should get three shots at the, at the Supreme Court. Although Obama technically got three. Well, he got, he, yeah, that's right. He had he, two. He nominated three. Yeah. Yep. yeah he had, but he had eight years to do it, not two years. <laughs> that's fine. At least, you know, oh, spread Lord. them out. Pace oh. yourself. Pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, Lisa asked, is that, that's unprecedented, isn't it? And I was like, well, no, technically Obama, yeah, he had the three, so. He, he had the opportunity. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he kind of, well, he wanted to. <laughs> but thank you, Mr. Uh, Mitch McConnell, I believe. Thank you. Thank sure you. That, you know, Obama would leave some for others. I think, I think Mitt McConnell was just looking you know, to share. That's exactly. He's just I mean, a good guy. Yeah. Know, just, I yeah. think that's all it was. So that's nice. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what, so, else? Uh, what else? Uh, the Rams lost, right? Yep. The Rams finally did lose. And the opposition well no who do, i get oh, oh somebody on their team that's right a young guy thinks it was actually really good for them to lose well it because. gets a monkey off your back yeah exactly so when i was taking the classes in my doctoral program mm -hmm. i had I, I was getting an a in every class <laughs> and and i was probably i forgot how many courses i had but yeah i was good 10 classes into it and something went wrong in life. I don't remember what it was. And I just couldn't get the, the, the work done on time. I had some late assignments. I threw some assignments together just to get them in on time, and they weren't very good. Yep. And I, and I got a B in the class. Mm. And oh, great. But, you know, no more A's. Straight A streak is done. And then, and then I just thought, well, heck, I don't care. Nobody's going to look at my GPA, you know, but if you get a doctorate, you got a doctorate. Who cares? That's a good point. Good point. And so as soon as that was done, it's like, oh, I can, I don't have to be so uptight. Yep. I like it. It's good. Uh, it I, good 
one piece of advice because I don't, I'm not a huge advice giver. Uh, I mean, with people come and ask for whatever, I usually am more like asking questions than I give advice. Pastor, pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, <laughs> what do you think you should do? Yeah, right, right. Because inside you're going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's one bit of advice I do give to graduating seniors from high school is this, and it was one of the best bits of advice I've ever gotten, and it still sticks with me to this day. So the saying, I'm going to start it, and you think you're going to know where it goes. It's going to go, but there's a twist, okay? <laughs> the advice is this, anything worth doing is worth doing, period. And that, the advice on that was that came along with it was, you know, you'll be like, well, uh, you know, when I'm ready, I'll start doing this or when I have everything gathered. And especially when it comes to like homework assignments, you know, you're like, oh, my hand is said now it's going to be crap. But the guy who gave me the advice was like, if, if it's worth handing in, you know, to get the points is just worth doing and, oh, yeah. and, and move on. Because if you wait for perfection, or to be completely ready for the assignment or whatever. There's just going to be times where that's not possible. It's still worth doing though. So don't let the perfect hold you back. Just get it in. Anything worth doing is worth doing. And that's I've applied that to other stuff in my life too, right? Like just e even events like, well, let's say getting married, right? Like if you wait until like everything is perfect, you have the right amount of money and you've planned and all that. Right. Which at first we were going to be like, well, let's hold off when I got engaged. But then it was, you know, you realize we're never going to have technically what we think is the right amount of money. So it's worth doing. So let's do it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good advice. Cause I, as soon as you, as soon as you said that, my thoughts jumped to oh, marriage, family, yep. all those big things. Yep. Boy, we weren't ready to get married. We're still not ready to get married if we really <laughs> thought about it, but we've been married for 34 years. So right. it's like, I think, we, I think we're okay. Yep, and, exactly. and when our first child was coming along, it was like, we're not ready for this. This was not what we had anticipated. Right. And, you know, it, it works out. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that makes sense. I like that. Yep, that's good. That's good. But that's also our philosophy for doing, uh, for editing a podcast. That's right. Just, just get it out there. Just do it. <laughs> Let's not even worry about it. That, that editing is a time kill, man. Yeah. That's what slows everything down. Yeah. If we're being honest, it's our lack of editing finesse and wanting it to be perfect that has held me up. So. Well, and, and, and I, I, I think, yeah, that's where perfection becomes a boogaboo. I mean, yeah. and with you, with your Wesleyan background, you should be able to have the resources to handle this understanding of perfection. That's true. That's because true. Uh, our perfection is not in us, ourselves. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which, perfection means complete. Right. Anyway, so if as long as it's complete, it's perfect enough. I, I like that. Because sometimes the word, at least in the Greek, for perfection can be translated as mature. Yeah. I think completion is better. Yep. Because maturity pulls on that, puts that burden that you have to act your age or something. That's right. And you, Craig, feel 49. No, 30. Oh. What was it? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, young, I'm a young man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what else? What else? Oh, let's see. Anything else to catch up on? Um, 
lot of silence. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, we uh, tell me about this project you're working on uh, that you shared some audio with me a little bit ago. Oh yeah. So I'll be starting a new podcast at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends. I need to get enough resources put together. And then once I do have enough of those, then I will be able to, uh, pick out certain kinds of themes that I get uh, sent to me or and then I'll put that into a, a, a themed topic. You know, whether it be working with youth in a church or stupid things my pastor does or, uh, you know, how not to burn down the nursery. Uh, mm. So, but I'm gonna, what I want to do is I want to find a number of small stories, a minute, two minute, three minute stories that describe life in the church uh, good or bad, funny or sad, and then begin to kind of go through them and kind of analyze what's going on in the church these days. Mm, I like it. So and, uh, it's like a storyboard story story almost. Yeah, yeah it's story 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 short. Yeah, kind of a, yeah, um, but it's going to, I want it to be maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just little blasts with, the yeah. fun, with these stories. Yep, yep. Mm, but I'm waiting to see one. what kind of themes develop out of, the, out of those that are offered. If somebody has a story, how can they get it to you? Uh, the easiest way to get it to me is to email it to me at Craig at the mission org, And that's the easiest way to do it. Craig at the mission org. That'll do it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully you can get a story or two. I have a few. I was thinking more in the like horror and not a horror story, but like the nightmare, you know what I mean? Like a bad news story. So I have a couple of those. Those are good too. These need to balance those with some of the others. Yeah. Um, Levity. The, um, the, the image that I'm using for the podcast release on the podcast page, it's Rembrandt's rendition of, uh, of uh, the, this going across the sea in Mark chapter, Mark 4, 35, where it's a stormy sea and Jesus is asleep on the cushion. A little bit. I think in Rembrandt's uh, painting, if you look really, really close, there's, a, there's somebody at the prow of the ship to the left of Jesus. And if you look really, really close, I think he's leaning over the rail and throwing up. Oh, really? I don't see anything coming out of his mouth, but I think he's getting ready to bark. So, Do you know the title of that painting? Uh, Rembrandt's um, Mark IV, Stormy Sea. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Storm on the Sea of Galilee. There you go. Let's take a look at this thing. I want to see this. A guy th- thrown up in the prow of the boat. Is this, uh, was this the stolen Rembrandt? Well, I don't know the history of that. Oh. <clears throat> Let's see. Yep, that, I think I see the guy you're talking about. I wonder who it'd be. Which disciple is thrown up? Yeah, it's, 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 such, a, it's such a dark photo at, the, at that yep. part of the, I mean, not photo, painting. Yeah, but I really think that he's like wearing red. Yep, I see and him. Got his left arm dangling over. <laughs> and, and Jesus is just there, kind of Mister Cool. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what are you? What's up with you guys? I know. He said, "I told you we're going to go to the other side. Just hey, just you know, relax." <laughs> I love it. And look at the guy who's on the is that whatever that thing at the front is he holding like a tiller or something? Yeah. Looks like he's got, he's got his head cocked toward his right shoulder. Like, I don't know what he's saying, but it's like, come on, dude. 
<laughs> like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. That's awesome. So there's a lot going on in that painting. I love it. So that is that is uh, maybe a, an image of the church. Okay. <laughs> uh, with Jesus calm in the boat and we're all thrown up. This is making me sick. <laughs> yep. Yep. Chaos and panic. <clears throat> that, Let me, uh, <laughs> I'm going to send you a, 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 a sound clip if you want to play it. Yeah. All right. Wait. Well, I'm not sharing anymore. Oh, you are. I am? Nobody is. Oh. So you could share it and play it, or do you just want to send it, or do you want to play it right now out loud? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, do, that do that, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I thought... Nope, I stopped sharing so that in case okay. you wanted to share, you could. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, so nice let me guy. do this. <clears throat> While I'm doing that, you can talk about something else. Uh, how about the press pass issue with the White House press corps guy, Jim yeah, Costa? I, I mean, I heard about this, but I missed what the what happened to lead to that. Well, you know, he doesn't like the guy anyway, to begin with. And he was asking some, it was a press conference post Tuesday night, so it was Wednesday. Uh, and the topic of the press conference was, you know, the election, the midterms the day before. And so Trump was playing up, of course, the gains in the Senate by the Republicans, uh, the, by the GOP. And then when he opened up for questions, of course, it's not going to stay entirely on the topic. It's going to yeah, it yeah. <laughs> right, go to whatever questions people have. So Jim Acosta, well, several people asked about, I think one person asked about his rhetoric on the campaign trail. Another person asked about the caravan. And then Jim, Jim Acosta followed up with more questions about the caravan and wanted to know, you know, how he because he re referred to the caravan as being full of terrorists and criminals. And he wanted to know if he had some, you know, data to back that up or what he was going on when he made those claims. And Trump was not pleased that he asked him that. And so he just tried to like say, okay, you're done. He didn't answer the question and was trying to have him move on. And they ha he has an intern who at this particular press conference is handing the microphone around. <laughs> And so she came to get the microphone and she's reaching out and she's grabbing, you know, uh, as he's holding it, Jim Acosta, and she's reaching out and grabs the microphone and he won't let it go. Um. <laughs> and she's leaning into him, you know, and so they both kind of brush each other. Well, later they based the pulling of his credentials on the interaction with the intern, which he didn't, you know, like it was basically he said to her, oh, pardon me, miss. I'm still, you know, I'm still using the microphone is what he said to her. Or pardon me, ma'am, I think is what he said. And there's a moment where his hand, he's pointing towards Donald Trump. And as he's doing that, she's reaching towards the microphone. And so his hand brushes her arm. <laughs> and it could be they construed it as he was knocking her arm away. And uh, anyway, so they used that as the basis for her. He was improper towards her because he chopped her arm. Chopped her arm. Yep. <laughs> and uh, 
anyway, that's what they're using. So they pull the they decided to pull his credentials, which I learned today is is illegal. He can't do oh, that. Really? <laughs> yep. Based on there was in fact a because somebody from the the nation that's a publication, isn't it? The nation. Right. I think so. Yeah, back in '77, whoever was who would that have been in '77? Carter. Well, that was Carter. Yeah. Well, the, the okay, so the trial was in '77, so it could have been at any or not the trial, but the it got to this court by '77, and it was a fairly up there. I don't think it was the Supreme Court, but it was a you know, an up there one. And this person's credentials from the na nation had been revoked, and they determined that could not be done. You know, there had to be like. The basis for the polling had to be like a some severe, you know, it was like pretty deep because they determined that the press credential is covered by the First Amendment, you know, basically. So, yep. Well, yeah, I don't since I don't have cable, I sometimes miss out on some of the most interesting uh, cable-related stories. But I guess. Probably CNN probably talked about that one a little bit this week, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they – well, yeah. Well, hey, let me play a clip and see if you can hear it. Okay, this is a story for your experimental podcast. Yeah, and I haven't heard this story before. Oh, so ooh, I've got another one here, so okay. we'll see what it is. Years ago, when I was leading a high school class, all the youth kids used to sit together in worship and uh, pew towards the front of the church. And one Sunday, a young man walked into the church. He was just a little bit older than the youth or around their age. And he was barefoot and wearing tattered jeans, and he had dreads. And he went and sat in the pews on the front part, but to the right of us. And all the people that would normally sit in that pew sat around him, in front of him, behind him. Nobody spoke to him. Nobody sat with him. And he was all by himself. And so I was frustrated and I I asked the youth to you know go invite him to sit with us have him come sit with us and none of them would do it not even my son and so finally I got up and I walked over to him and I introduced myself and started talking with him and invited him to come sit with him or sit with us because um, I had been teaching the kids in Sunday school class from the Matthew 25, 35 verse, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And when I talked with him and introduced myself, he told me his name and his name was Matthew. He had spent the night in his van in our parking lot and he was on his way to go back to Oregon to stay with his parents. He never asked us for money, never asked us for anything. He just wanted to come to worship. Good one. Good one. So there's these two wonderful uh, women who are collecting these stories, and uh, they've got lots. Now, that one was a, was a serious one, and there's some that are uh, kind of crazy. Yeah. You shared so, some that earlier that were really funny. <laughs> yeah. Like so you've got a good broad range. You're just trying to decide how to categorize and how yeah, to present yeah. them as themes. When you go to make the episodes, will you do it by, do you think, category or do you think you'll do a, a a range of themes in each episode or what uh i'm gonna wait and see what 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 comes along but i'm thinking each one may have its own theme in it or there might be two that if you play them off against each other might might uh, reveal a different theme 
but I want to let the stories guide rather than have a theme and then try to squeeze a story into it. So I just rather let the stories do the talking. Yeah, I like it. Ah, so let's 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 jump into something completely different. And now for something completely different. And uh, one of the things that we want that we've talked about wanting to resource is way of providing ideas, jumping off points for um, for different seasons of the church year. Yes. And so, you know, we just got done with one of the high holy days, uh, All Hallowed Eve. Mm-hmm. And All Saints Day. And All Saints Day and days and and uh, and then All Souls Day also. Yep. Yep. Uh, days that are hardly recognized by society. Uh, but we're coming up to the big one. To me, is Advent. Oh yes, I love Advent. And Advent, I, every Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, I always get in front of the congregation and I say Happy New Year, and they all That's look right. at me like, "What are you talking about?" That's right. And I would think after all these years, they'd figure it out, you know. <laughs> I realized they weren't listening. Not but paying attention. Of year. That's right. It's the start of the new liturgical year, Advent. Uh, <clears throat> and it, let's see, preceding it is Christ the King Sunday, right? Right. Yep. Right. So that's the final Sunday of, uh, of ordinary time. Mm-hmm. And uh, ordinary time isn't because it's ordinary and common. It's just that way because it has ordinals yep. uh, separating. In other words, numbers, which is about as ordinary as anything, really. <laughs> right. That's right. So, so um, coming up in Advent, at least the first two Sundays of Advent, we, we thought we'd talk a little bit about these and just kind of highlight some off kind of off, off to the side, kind of wide-ranging, tangent kind of oriented ideas that might be helpful. Uh, maybe not so much for worship planning, but might be interesting to throw into a sermon or have some, some ideas for how you might uh, incorporate these seasons with your, you know, for your church or your, your, your house church or even Bible studies. Like, yes. What's, so, what, what, oh, yeah, and also, what, what do you see, Cody, as themes for the four Sundays of Advent? Are they just well, arbitrary, or? Are they just what? Are they just arbitrary, and somebody says, hey, let's call one hope, and another one love, and another one? No. I are, they are arbitrary, per se. Okay. But I think they build off of an idea of, because Advent, you know, can be looked at two different ways. It could be looked at as Christ coming in the birth narrative. It right. can also be looked at in the sense of what we might call the eschaton or the end times or the coming of the next age, so to speak. Right. So it kind of has both of those wrapped up in it. And, and it makes sense because the coming of, of Christ in the birth narrative did usher in a new, or we believe, a new era. Uh, error, era, error, error, era, <laughs> era, not era Parsegian, the legendary coach, but a new era of God's interaction with the world and how we live in the world. So anyway, it makes sense. But yeah, people often overlook the apocalyptic nature of yeah. Advent. Yeah. And, and up. Uh- 
apocalypse has a certain appeal. Yep. Uh, it, it, one of the ways to um, maybe say it, maybe the people who live in a cynical age are tired of the way things are, and an apocalypse would be an opportunity to start fresh, start again, because we've gone so far down the wrong path, it's going to be hard to, uh, to correct or fix everything. So maybe, maybe a little apocalypse now and then isn't a bad thing. That's right. A little upheaval of the way things are, so to yeah. speak. So when I say apocalypse or I say apocalyptic, Cody, what do you think of? What, what? Okay. Well, I will admit that my initial reaction is probably like a lot of, a lot of people's, just because of the cultural baggage that I have that comes with it. So apocalypse, when I hear it, I think of destruction and the end of the world fire and meteors striking and you know crazy stuff armageddon that kind of stuff yeah yeah so but um instruct us on the uh etymology of the word what, is, what does the word mean so the word literally apocalypse or apocalypto aliens revel it's literally revelation or revealing it's almost like the idea of like pulling a curtain back kind of idea to see what's going on behind it all. And so when the Bible talks about apocalypse, well, it doesn't, well, anyway. Well, it doesn't use that word, but very, very rarely. Right, that's true. Uh, what it's talking about is like revealing of, you might almost, uh, like for lack of a better word, the deeper reality of that's going on behind the scenes. The, so the truer than true. And so it's almost as if apocalypse isn't something that's going to happen right. or something that's going to be some future thing. Right. It's you know what's going on under the under that curtain even right now. That's right. It's happening as we yeah. speak. So that change that changes the way you view things yep. about Jesus coming again. Mm -hmm. Well, is Jesus already here to a certain extent? Are the expectations of that, you know, what's called the parousia, you know, when he returns are are the ethical expectations for now rather than for after that time that's right that's right and so that's why the word for me hope makes a lot of sense when they talk about advent and they label a week and and i don't mean like some kind of like weak hope they're like oh, i hope something happens it's more I like yeah like i wish it could go like this but more along the lines of because this is what's happening behind the scenes Everything we see that's happening that might frighten us, everything that doesn't seem quite right about the world, and there's a lot. Right. But we don't have to live in fear of those things because we know that behind it and beneath it and, and through it all, something better is happening. So what are some, of the, some of those strange resources that kind of move in different directions uh, dealing with the apocalypse, uh, this unveiling, that, uh, that you and I had looked at were uh, we talked about some movies, we talked about some TV shows. Um, there's probably books, but you'd have to be literate. And I guess I just watch videos and Netflix. But, um, but, um, but really seriously on the, on the whole, on the whole theological side, uh, we don't have an interview with, with uh, Sam Adams, not the beer guy. He's actually a theologian in Oregon. I bet he drinks really some Sam Adams. He, what's that? I bet he drinks some Sam Adams. You know, he really, he, if you live in Bend, Oregon, that's really kind of at the bottom of the list. You got so many good lo local breweries there. So, But uh, Sam has a book on um, 
InterVarsity Press called The Reality of God and Historical Method, Apocalyptic Theology in Conversation with N.T. Wright. It's a long, That's a a long, long thing. But what he's getting at with apocalyptic theology is this theology of unveiling, of revealing. That's right. And that happens not just at these end times and these cataclysmic event, events. These, these are undercurrents that are available to us frequently. Yep. Not uh, way off in the far off distance or future time, but present. Yep. If you and, have the eyes to see. That's right. And the ears to hear. And the ears to hear. Which is probably more important for podcasting. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> so the, the other thing is, at least there's probably a few more movies, but uh, one, one movie that we talked about was Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. Yes. Uh, the world is ending, so what are you going to do about it? And it's looking for a friend. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What was, what was, was it Martin Luther who was asked, uh, what would you do if you found out the world was ending tomorrow or something like that? It could have been. What do you say? But I think he said something like, I'd go plant a tree. I'd go plant a tree. I love it. You know, there's not a whole lot that I really like about Martin Luther sometimes, but he irritates me. But I liked that one. <laughs> um, but was it him or was it N.T. Wright? Oh, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. So then, um, but, but to think, you know, to enter into the Advent season as a sense of revealing or unveiling that which is already going on, Oh, no, it was Luther. Look at our communities, look at our congregations, look at what's going on in the world yep. with a different eye. Yes, yes. But it, is it easy to get sarcastic and critical of the world? <laughs> so easy. So maybe a little hope might not be so bad. <sighs> yeah, all hoping, right. hoping at all. A little, not uh, the conversation that uh, I think it's Cornell West has about hope versus optimism. I love that conversation where he's like hope or, you know, I'm not talking about optimism. You know, when people talk hope, they think, oh, because, oh, well, everything's so good. So it's just going to keep getting better. And he's like, no, that's garbage, man. It doesn't, that doesn't happen. And so I don't believe in that weak optimism stuff. I'm not an optimist. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yes. In fact, if you're hopeful, you can even have a little bit of uh, pessimism and hopefully quite a bit of reality. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah. So, so um, you know, we we talked about children's resources. We didn't get too far on that one, but you know, how do you how do you explain this unveiling or revealing or hopefulness, you know, to kids and in children's literature? And uh, you know, there's probably quite a bit there, but we didn't get too far on that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I wonder what uh, Adam Walker has for the kids. Oh, well, you know, we need to talk to Adam and find out more about what he's got. He's got a wonderful Advent packet. That's right. In fact, something happened that was misprinted, and he ended up getting like 20,000 incorrect Advent things that he has to give away. And so uh, I think they're all claimed already. But Oh, of course they would be. Yeah. But, yeah, we, 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 need, to, we need to talk with him. Yep. Hey, you need to get going pretty soon. Yeah, what else can we talk about real quick? Uh, in there, in that what thing. Are, what are you going to do, do uh, for the next several days until we, we meet again? Wait, I have an idea. I have an idea for a children's thing. Oh, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. I just thought of it. What if, okay, 
this is like le- legitimately for like a one moment, you know, like a children's moment or a children's sermon or something like that. But what if you come up there, like you have like a pot of soil and it's like barren and maybe even it's like ugly looking soil, you know, even. I got some. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, but inside there's a little seed in there and you talk about how what it looks like right now and yet germinating beneath this and you can even have fertilizer in there so you could say germinating beneath all this crap Ah. (laughs) or whatever you want to use there but then uh, the social commentary as well that's right exactly and then you could through the course of advent so you'd probably want to find like a a plant that can maybe grow somewhat fast. Anyway, you can have it grow during the course of Advent. This is what you do with November. You get That's the right. seed started, stagger. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Good thought. Good thought. Good thought. Get to work. Yes. Yes. That's right. I like that. Um, so is that what you're going to do now? Uh, starting next week. That's right. I'm on it now, man. <laughs> plant them a week apart. I'm so glad I had this apocalypse. Ooh. Wow, that was revealing. <laughs> so, anything else to do on this next week? <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's see. We're talking. Oh, I can't even remember. I've planned my sermons out so much now oh, that yeah. I, yeah, that I am jumbled <laughs> on what I'm supposed to be talking about on Sunday. Well, that's all right. Oh well. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, tomorrow I head out to Oregon. <gasps> So I'll be there for eight days. Oh, um, is that how long you're there? Eight days every time? Eight, eight, eight days a month. That's a Beatles song, isn't it? Eight, eight days, days a month. month. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how, uh, so you're just basically there for one Sunday a month? No, that's two Sundays. Eight, oh, eight, eight oh, 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 yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, so preach a Sunday, stay the week do administrative and pastoral care and then I like it and then preach the next Sunday. How are they doing? Is that, is this your, like, is this how it's going to be for a while? Uh, it's been that way for a year now. Right. But I mean, is this, they're like, okay, well, this is what we're going to be. This is how it is. No, I mean, that's not the intention. Okay. But right now in the, at least in our denomination, there are, um, six churches looking for every one, pastor looking for a place to go uh-huh. so there's a lot of competition for each um, pastoral candidate right and uh, and then in our denomination just about everybody is east of the mississippi right or maybe a lot in kansas and some in nebraska but mainly all east and so we have a lot of people who just say no i'm not going to move out to the west that's just too far from home Yep. And so we lose a lot of candidates uh, out of our seminary who just don't want to make that trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like, you're going to skip Oregon or Washington or Idaho? You're nuts. So, fine. Yeah. No. So I'll be working with them. Okay. Well, so that brings up something that is happening. I, I wonder if you'll – where in Oregon? How far are you going into Oregon? I mean, that, well, I'm going to be in two places, actually. I'm starting a new contract with a church in Baker City, but then I'm going to be working those eight days in Salem. Oh, okay. So you've heard about the fires in Northern California? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, you were talking about that kind of, I, I don't think you'll see effects of it up there or anything, but uh, yeah, probably, probably get smoke smoke. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I thought we'd, uh, you know, at least uh, my thoughts and prayers are with the families. I, I guess apparently cars, people are trapped in their cars and yeah. ugh, scary well, stuff. The entire town burned down. Yeah. It was a paradise, California. Is that what it was? Something like that. That's just yeah. a sad. sad, 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 sad. Mm. Hey, you know, maybe as we do this uh, and we begin to work out, kink, work the kinks out of these uh, podcasts, we could also throw in some resources for people to connect if they want to be helpful. Okay. <laughs> connect with us? Or with each other? Organizations that might want to be helpful. <laughs> Are you sure we shouldn't do a video podcast? <laughs> At some point, we should. Maybe we could just do it that way. Hi, Craig. How you doing? Hi, Craig. This is my friend. Oh, wait. My name is Lefty. Okay, yeah. Let's let's get some puppets. We'll do that. (laughs) All right. Hey, will you go pick up your girls? I'm going to go pick up my girls, Craig. It was good talking with you. I mean, let me put it this way. Cody is going to go out (laughs) and pick up his daughters from school. (laughs) Excellent editing. Yeah. I just, just wanted to make sure that was clear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up my daughters. Good. That sounds, okay. that sounds better. <laughs> All, All right. right, Craig. See you. All right, bye. Bye-bye.